Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin, and I'm here with my partner, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill. GQ, how be you? Well, Eric, I'd be lying if I said fine, but uh, nobody cares uh, that I'm not doing well. But, uh, hey, um, it's beginning to look a lot like Marilyn Million. Um, nope, we're not talking about Marilyn Million this week. Uh, give everyone a forewarning that next week we most likely will talk about Marilyn Million because... Once again, the dynamic duo of the Better Betting podcast will get together and try to take down some uh, hopefully nice payoffs. Marilyn Million. I, the nominations were revealed uh, today, and every race has at least like 25 <laughs> to 35 nominations. So hopefully they were all nominated with good intention. But uh, we'll talk more about that next week. But this week, we have something a tad different in mind uh, than the typical show. Because and everybody's probably just waiting for us to do the carryover guaranteed pick six payout for San Diego on Saturday. But unfortunately, their card come out a little bit too late for us to really get into it. So we punted on that and uh, decided this week uh, would be a good time to get back to the basics and talk more about uh, what this show is all about, uh, better betting. And uh, something about the Maryland Million, uh, before we move on, you mentioned like 20-something horses. Now, the turf racing. <laughs> is there <laughs> any chance they stay on the turf? I mean, it rained a few Here. days ago, and there's only yeah. a 10-day window. Are they going to be able to go on the turf? Well, here's the thing. You can take it to the bank. If I if I could get to the, my corner bar, my local bookie, and he take action on this. It rained a lot here in Maryland today. They were off the turf today. No joke. No, you know, no shocker. And they're very off the turf on Friday. And I can probably guarantee you that they'll be off the turf on Saturday. And probably also guarantee you that in the two days uh, next week leading up to the Saturday Maryland Million on the 22nd, they'll be off the turf as well, just so that they can run on a turf course that's not chopped up uh, due to all the rain. Uh, the good thing is that the Mid-Atlantic, uh, over the next 10 days, there's only, I think, Monday or Tuesday is a chance of rain. So uh, it, it'll it have plenty of time. So if if any of our listeners actually look at Laurel and you're looking, you know, it's Saturday or even Friday, they've already announced Friday's off the turf. I can guarantee you they're, they're not going to run anything on the turf, hoping that uh, the turf course will dry out. <laughs> in time to uh, run, I don't know, I think they have four turf races in Maryland Million. So that's that's my prognostication for a turf horse. But yes, the weather forecast looks promising so that the turf course 
will be ready in 10 days from today. All right. And as you alluded to, I will be down there. The dynamic duo or less than dynamic duo <laughs> will be together in person. So looking forward to seeing you again. And uh, I don't know where we're going to be hanging out for Maryland Million. Million, right? Not millions. It's one million. One million. And, right, and so when, no when, it, when it was started in 1984 by Jim, the late, great Jim McKay, million dollars meant a lot more than it does today. <laughs> now they lowered the purses to make it Maryland Million. <laughs> exactly. What, what they basically did was have an entire card. And at the time, it was, I think, nine races. They didn't have all these starters and whatever. But it was a, a nine race card worth a million dollars. So, you know. Do the math. Um, some <laughs> some Tuesday cards <laughs> are a million dollars, depending on where you're racing. But that's that's the idea. So, all right. Well, I am looking forward to it. I was down there last year, and we'll be back for it this year. And I get off on Monday. Thank you, Diwali. So it should be a easy weekend. I don't have to rush back to New York. And looking forward to uh, having a good time. Now, I was saying, I don't know where we're going to sit or, or where we're hanging out. Our friend Nick won, what, millions today at Laurel. So I'm assuming he's paying for our buffet. So, Nick, yeah. I if you listen, there's a test to see if you are. But uh, I expect my buffet ticket to uh, be, I don't know, can you send it electronically or just give it to me when I see you? Uh, but, yeah, and talking about betting, I saw his little uh, message in our group chat how he had that amount to win on the horse. He was going to split it, win in place. He would lose any chance to come back on the show, though, so he didn't. He bet it all to win and made an extra 1000 bucks or whatever he made. I didn't even look. But good for him, good for our food, our tummy, as we get a free buffet next week. And you know what? Shame on me, you, and our other group chat friend, Tom, because probably at least a couple weeks ago, he had told us about this horse in the morning. How you know the infamous exercise rider really liked him? Yeah, <laughs> and, those... and, and finish up. And so, so I kind of remembered the horse. I never put the horse in my, um, you know, uh, stable mail, and you know, by chance, you know, he he threw some love on the horse, but he like waited until like fifteen minutes before post time. Uh, so I can't get on him about not reminding us about the horse i had an opportunity to bet the horse and i i did but not to the point that he did um but thanks nick uh for the heads up a couple months ago uh about this horse and and it's funny because the horse was six to one morning line as a first time starter and like 17 minutes before post i go in and look and the horse is six to five i'm here like I guess the secret's out. <laughs> he got all upset. But I think it's just he actually it... didn't. I, I looked at his ticket that he sent us, and the timestamp on it was like just a couple of minutes before a post. So he waited because uh, I guess he wanted to bet. And when he saw six to five, he said, like, "Oh gosh, you know, I can't bet now. It'll drop even further." So there was another horse that went off even money that obviously probably had previously run. And, look better and more logical so seven to two you got 72 almost nearly four to one paid 980 so good for nick and his dad and all the connections with the horse 
Yes, unfortunately, I was working until about 10 minutes ago when I got home since seven this morning. So I was not able to look in time and see. And I don't know if I would have listened, though, because uh, I don't know. Nick, Nick has this. Uh, I don't want to sell out his uh, tipsters, but we got a lot of tips from him from inside sources that were 0 for 40. However, I will give him credit. Since like a month or two ago, every one of them seems to be winning. So he, yeah. he's back on track. And we like, actually, I tweeted out, we were keeping track of like our uh, horses well, that we really want to bed. And GQ was, if you follow me on Twitter, you might have seen it a week or two ago, um, where he's keeping track of the horses that we really like. We post before post time in our group chat and GQ keeps track of it in a spreadsheet. He's seen if it's better to bet just win or win place. I mean, we know the answer. I do at least, but he's trying to check it out because he doesn't believe me. And, um, Nick started off, he was down, and now I'm sure he's he's uh, profiting, he's profitable. So pretty pretty good group chat there with the success that we're having. But anyway, so we don't go here all night because the Islanders are playing as I speak, and I have the game DVR'd, so I have to get to that game before I fall asleep. I know they stink out there, so you probably listened to this. They already lost 6 nothing to Florida, but I'm hoping for a miracle tonight in the season. It's not looking very good in my opinion. But talk to other Islander fans today. They seem to be much more optimistic than me. I'm not sure why. We have the slowest team in hockey, but we do have a good goalie at least. Uh, but it's a speed game, and when you got the slowest team in hockey, it's probably not going to end well. So bet the under well, on the season on the Islanders. But what makes it worse for you is that the Rangers look oh. to be the favorite in your yeah. mind as the Stanley Cup. And I, I, I gave you an opportunity. I offered that I would – put a bet on the Rangers to put the kibosh on them to, to win the Stanley Cup. And in that way, you could sleep at night knowing that there's no way in hell they'll win with GQ having a bet on. I am not a sports better, And I forgot because I did look at the odds and the Rangers were not like in the top three or four, I think, to win the hmm. cup. And I was seriously, I can't remember what the odds were. I was contemplating putting a very large bet on them because, again, not to get into a hockey show, but... I would be surprised. I know how hard it is to win a cup. I'd be surprised if the Rangers don't win the cup. In my mind, they are the heavy favorites to win the cup. And they have arguably the best team. They have by far the best goalie in the league. Uh, but the team's good. They're a year older. I don't, I'm, I'm getting sick just talking about them, how good they are, because it's like everything inside of me. If they won the cup, my I mean, it's like I don't even want to go on anymore. I don't know what I'd do. I'd have to stop watching hockey for like five years until I recover. But if you're out there, I'm not trying to tell you what to bet, but if you can get good odds on that, <laughs> Lock City, as much as a hockey team can be Lock City. Okay. Well, All right, anyway, so GQ, you alluded to it. We're going to get into the horse racing. I don't know how many people care about Gulfstream. They well, do get a decent pool size. On, before, oh, go ahead. We got one more thing. All before right, you go, go on, I found you can get 17 to 1 on the Rangers to win, win the, the cup. cup. Are you kidding is, me? All right. Which there there are two, four, six, seven other teams lower odds than the Rangers. All right. I am going to go to hell by doing this but when we get off the phone if i remember this uh zoom call i am going to bet a heavy amount on the rangers to win the cup so i don't work over the summer i don't get paid unless i'm winning at the horses that's my job so it'll be nice in june to get uh 15 20 grand for the rangers winning the cup i'll be sick and i'd rather they lose i would actually if i was alive for 20 grand for the rangers winning the cup i would be rooting against them even if it meant 20 grand in my pocket that's how much we despise them. But anyway, so getting back to the horse racing, I don't know how many of you care about Gulfstream Park at this time of year. I hope you do. But they get decent uh, pool sizes as far as the um, betting. I know the computers probably take up a lot of that. But 
Um, we're really going to get into the gambling part of it and the betting part of it, more so than the handicapping. So even if you're not betting Gulfstream this weekend or you have no interest, you might want to stick around and listen as we talk about how we'd bet the races and based on our opinion. Now, you might have different opinions, but you can apply it in different situations. And we'll talk about what might not be smart bets and what would be smart bets uh, as we go through this show. So we begin with race seven. It is a starter allowance for 20, optional claimer for 20. So basically the horses had to have started for 20000 or less sometime in the last year or whatever it is. And the other option is if they haven't, you can offer them for a $20,000 claiming tag and get in the race even if they've never been in a, a cheap race before. And in this race, I think they're all starters. I don't think one horse is being offered for the twenty grand. So that's, that's correct. Interesting to note. I don't know if it means anything, but interesting. So basically, it's a starter allowance for 20. You can take it as. And again, we're going to go quick on the handicapping. So I'll talk about the two horses that I prefer here. The six, La Costa, for uh, Jimmy Riccio is the owner, but Edgar Zayas and Frank Russo, the trainer. There's a horse who is uh, running at Monmouth on the uh, turf. His synthetic race, though, back at Gulf Show on March 11th is what sold me. He ran down a loose three to five shot. And when you see that, we talked about that like a couple weeks ago when we did Santa Anita. I think actually I was on with Leo Vukmanovich uh, was on with me. GQ, you weren't here, but there was a, it was a favor in a turf sprint, the five horse, second to last race of the day, uh, a stakes race. And the five horse was going to be the favorite. It ended up being nine to five, three to one in the morning line. And I liked the horse, even though the price was short, because he ran down a, a loose favorite or something like that that's hard to do when you got a loose horse in the lead and you're the only one to do it if a lot of horses run them down all right the horse quit when you're the only horse to run that horse down that's pretty impressive to me so that was like costa back on march 11th then he went a, a, a turf race uh, i'm sorry another synthetic race didn't run great been on the turf ever since then it's run acceptable i know he got clipped heels couple back fell but we're unacceptable to me He's as good as any of these. He's got some speed here. There's not a ton of speed, I don't think. So he can make his own trip. So I like the six. And the other one, the nine, uh, the nine horse, that short circuit, four to one on the morning line. So I'm talking, I think, second and third choice on the morning line. I thought his last race was, her last race, sorry, was pretty good. Closed into what I thought was a pretty paceless race. I know that the fractions are a little faster than some of these ran, but just watching the race, the speeds, there wasn't much pressure up front. And the speeds... Uh, did okay. And this horse, Short Circuit, was passing other horses at the wire. He was actually going to be in first if they ran a little longer. I've talked about that too, handicapping. I like when horses, not the gallop out, but as they're passing the wire, if this horse is going by uh, while the other horse was still trying, that's impressive to me. So six, nine of my main horses in this spot. My third horse would be the five, Money Factor. I'm not going to really talk handicapping. Just had a wide trip last time. That's part of it. And I'm going to try and beat the, is it the eight horse who's the chalk? Or no, I'm wrong with that. No, Who's the chalk here? Oh, the four horse, uh, which is Laniakia Storm, something like that. I'm not going to talk why necessarily. Uh, I just thought I had a pretty good trip the last time at a similar level, maybe a little lower. And uh, I think that horse can be beat. He's been beaten favorite last time and has been short prices running against horses who might not be as good. So I I'm going to try and beat the four. GQ, you want to do a – I went longer than I should have. I'm sorry. I'll be quicker next race. But nah. I want to talk about anyone you like here or don't like, and then we'll get into yeah, the I don't know if it was a Freudian slip or you really don't like the eight horse, your inheritance. He's, he's six to one morning line. And the only reason it, it's a, uh, you know, step up in class, but it's also a step up in trainer. Going from a 6% trainer, Jerry O'Dwyer, who actually uh, – 
calls home in in Maryland, but uh, makes his way around. He gets some decent horses. Um, he's a decent trainer as far as like seems like young horses, but he obviously is not uh, doing pushing all the right buttons at six percent. And so you 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 get the horse now in a barn of a twenty two percent trainer who's twenty seven percent first off the claim. And, uh, you know, the horse is, has nice breeding. So even though it's a step up in class, I'll give it a whirl with, um, your inheritance, the eight horse. Well, I'm not against the eight horse. That would probably be my third and fourth choice. So not a, not a terrible pick in my opinion there. All right. So getting to the betting side now. We're going to assume, unless it's an obvious, horrible morning line, which might come up very soon, we'll assume the morning line is basically correct. So we're basing our bets on the morning line because when you're betting, you obviously shouldn't know what the odds are. If you like a horse at 5-1, to one, doesn't mean you're going to like that horse at 6-5. to five. At some point, it's going to be too short for you to bet it. So we're going to assume the morning line is right. So I like the 6-9-2, and I like the 9-4-1. to one. Again, second and third choice, I believe, on the morning line. I don't love when I like two. I wish I would like one of them. And oftentimes in this situation, I'll just roll the dice with one of them. And in this case, what I would probably do is wait to see the odds. And if there was a disparity, because I kind of like them similarly, if there was a disparity, I'd go with the higher price. Now, I'm assuming the six is going to be a little higher price than the nine, but I, maybe not. I could be wrong. The nine's been favored last time at this level and ran very well, so I don't see why the nine's going to be four to one. But um, I'd go with the higher price and lean on that horse. But again, we're saying the morning line is right, so let's say they're about the same. So how would I bet it? Well... I would not be afraid to do an exact, and I would box it, assuming they're that price, because the exact with a nine to two and a uh, four to one in a ten horse field, it's still going to pay pretty decent. I mean, a two dollar exact can easily pay close to forty bucks or more. So I'm okay boxing an exact with them. Now the five's my third horse. I don't think I'd do a three horse exact to box with those odds, unless they really paid well. If like the exact with the five was paying seventy bucks, seventy five bucks. Maybe I would do a three-horse box and then bet six, nine extra in the exacta box. So that's one way I might start it. The other thing I would do is probably focus more on triples. Uh, I would box the five, six, and nine in the tri- – uh, yes, that's my third horse. I would box the five, six, nine in the triple. I'd bet a little extra, the six, nine on top of the five, so like six, nine with five, six, nine with five, six, nine. Then I'd move the five just to third, so six, nine with six, nine with five. So depending on the order, you know, if it comes in with my top two horses first and second, I'm going to have it more times. And you don't have to spend a lot to do that. It could be a 50 cent bet and then maybe a dollar with the horse in third to five, 50 cents with him in second, a 50 cent box or something. If you're betting a, a small better, you don't have to invest like 30, 40 bucks if you don't want to. And then I try um, a few other things. because If I don't love a favorite, and I'm not like totally against the four, I'm more against the four for the price. So I'm willing to play against the four here. So a couple things I would do. I would do something like the 6-9, let's say triples and supers. 6-9 with maybe even 5-6-9 with 5-6-9 and then add a couple long shots I like. Maybe the 8. Maybe It doesn't matter. I'm just saying the point. It doesn't matter the horse. But the, the 2 is 20 to 1. I would throw in horses like that. So I have a few horses for third and the super maybe a few horses for fourth. Again, I don't love it when I have two horses because it doubles the bet. So if I go 6-9 with 6-9 with 5-6-9 or whatever it is, I don't need the 5-6-9. So maybe 6-9 with 6-9 with 5 and then with a bunch of long shots in fourth. Maybe 6-9 with 5 
with 6'9", with a few long shots for fourth, and kind of slide the horses in positions. Uh, I'm not taking huge prices out of my key horses, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't go crazy here. But that's kind of how I would approach the race vertically. Uh, hopefully that makes some sense. Um, I, I might even, in this spot, if that was the odds and I can get a 40-something dollar exacta, I might just go 6'9", forget the rest of it, and just bet, you know, if I had a $40 budget, just bet a $20 exacta box, 6'9", even, um, and possibly focus on doubles, pick threes, et cetera. GQ, did you want to chime in on uh, bets based on your opinion, my opinion? But no, you, no. I, yeah. I'm just going. To, I'm just going to let you uh, take do do the better betting side side of it because uh, you obviously um, <laughs> are more in tune with well, uh, that side of the of, of the aisle than it, than I. So it, well. I don't know if it means I'm better, but um, the eight horse and your inheritance you like is six to one. If I like the eight and I'm GQ, are there? I'm putting you on the spot, GQ. Was there like anyone else that um, caught your eye, or did you? What I would yeah. do if that was GQ, I'd be like, is there anyone I like, or is there a favorite or short price I don't like to play against? Because that's good if you can key a six to one. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There, there wasn't anybody else, so it's like, and and you know, you've yelled at me off off. You know, between our texts when I'm at the track and a horse I like, and the horse, you know, uh, goes off eight to one, and he runs second, and I'm ticked. And you're there, like, why well, put him in an exact, you know, put, you know, who I, and it's like, well, why would I do that if there isn't really anybody else that I like that I can put on top of him or on top of Bob? So, so with that in mind, how do I go about betting it? If I'm just sold yeah. on one horse, then you're you're saying someone uh, people should just bet the win on the horse or oh. key him in a triple. But 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 my point is, what if you have a horse and you really don't like anything else? You can make excuses for probably all of them, but you wouldn't want to use all of them, you know, in in no. your exotic bet. So at what point do you say, okay? I'll use these three or four either on top or underneath my price horse. All right. So like forget about the horizontals, like double pick threes. Obviously, if I like something in the other raids at all and I had a six to one, I would single the six to one and the double pick three, et cetera. So that's easy. I would bet to win. If you don't like anyone, so let's say you're out there and you have the opinion of GQ. You like a six to one shot. You don't like anyone else in the race, right? You're like, I don't know. They're all sim- You're basically saying they're all similar. I mean, I don't know who I like. Right. What I would do. Well, you know, you of- could probably toss, you know, a handful yeah. of them, but then you would kind of like have no opinion on, say, five so, of them. All right. So what I would do is I would say, all right, are there some horses that think I have like zero chance? Like, I, even they're 40 to right. 130. Like, I don't want them. I'd get rid of those horses if I don't think they have, really have a chance. Okay. So that's the start. So that might knock out a couple. Maybe it doesn't. Then I say, all right, let's say there's like five or six horses that leaves. What I would do is I said, all right, so I'm basically saying that out of the five or six remaining horses, I don't really have an opinion. Some of them are going to be three or four to one or five to two. Some are going to be 10 or 12 to one. So what I would do is I would take all the higher price ones. I don't know how many there are. It could be four. It could be three. You know, if there was like a six to five and then the others were like five to one or higher, I'd take the other four of them and leave out the six to five and bet exactly. So I would do eight, the six to one shot, the eight with like the four other price horses or a little bit of a price horse not the favorite. Um, if there was like a two to one, a three to one, and then there are others that you liked a little or thought were similar or six to one or more five. I say, all right, I'm going to leave out the two and three to one shot. Cause it's not like you're taking a huge launch. Six to one is nice, but it's not like a 30 to one shot. 
And I'd say, all right, I'm going to take three or four of the longer prices. I'm going to leave out the couple of favorites out of the horses that I'm undecided on. And I'll bet my eight with them. So maybe I'm going to bet the eight to win at six to one. Then I'll bet exactas. So I'll put, let's say, let's say there's four horses that are like five to one or higher that are in the mix for you. I'll put those four over the eight in an exacta. I'll put the eight over those four in an exacta. And if you do a dollar, it's only $4 one way, $4 the other. It's not like you're spending a fortune. Uh, and then if you have a bigger budget or you want to uh, get a little more risky instead, you can do triples. I do the same thing. Put those horses with your eight in the triple. And since the eight is six to one, you might as well move the eight in a different position. So the eight with those four horses, with those four horses in a triple, then those four horses with the eight in second, with those four in third. And then I'd move the eight to third probably also, since he's six to one, you're leaving out all the favorites. You might, I mean, it's still going to be over a hundred bucks comes in third for 50 cents. You don't want to miss that because you didn't spend an extra four bucks. So that's how I would approach that race. And in general, if you're undecided, just get rid of the chalk. There's a lot of times there's pick fives where I'm like, there's eight horses. I have no clue in this race. And unless I'm singling like a 20 to one shot or something huge in another race, I'm like, I'm just going to get rid of the favorites. This eight horses, uh, you know, three of them I just dismissed. They have no shot. I thought out of those eight, there's a two to one, a four to one, a seven to two, an eight to one, whatever. I just get rid of the two to one, the seven to two. All right. I'm just going to take the four, five, six longest prices because I'm saying the race is open. I might as well look for a price there. Hopefully that's good or makes sense. Yeah. Your silence means yes. <laughs> no, no, no. That's <laughs> No, that that that's fine, you know. Um, because I'm sure, you know, I'm not the only one sometimes who has that quandary of, okay, it's like, okay, yeah, oh, I had I had a price horse, came in second. It's like, well, use some other ones. It's like, all right, so how do you determine? But like like you said, use the higher price horses, uh, because if it, you know, if you hit, it's worth spreading. Right, because you might lose in that example that I gave. Because like a favorite wins or something and you didn't use them with your horse right. comes in second. So yeah, you would have collected on the place price. But like you just said, the one time you hit that exact, it's going to pay for like six place prices. So you just got to hit one out of six or one out of eight, depending on the odds. So that's definitely how I'd approach it. And, you know, this is a little different, but talking about our friend Nick today, he I don't want to talk about his bet, but he, he bet a large sum to win on the horse. If he would have split that, he would have given up what, like 500, 800, I, I don't even know the odds and all, but he would have given up hundreds and hundreds of dollars by betting win place. So every time he, he doesn't complain about it, but every time a horse comes in second, GQ likes to complain and say, oh, I could have had a 620 to place. You know, but for now, our friend Nick, every time a horse comes in second, he's like, oh, I could have had $10. Well, think about it. You just want an extra $400. So you can have like 40 of those and it's equal to this one day today. So uh, another reason not to bet place and just put him second in exactas or triples or something and you won't win as often because they might come in second. You don't hit, but you don't have to hit as much. And I, and to oh, your point, to, to your point, the horse paid less than fifty percent to place. It paid nine eighty and four eighty. So exactly. So would have left a lot of money on the table, and he probably would have been happy doing it. And then you know, he wouldn't be able to. He wouldn't be able to buy a table for us to sit at. It, Actually, uh, that. That extra money he got to win, not place, because of me, I think. At least he gave me credit. <laughs> he didn't really give me credit. He just said he heard me in the background in his head. He didn't, he want, he didn't want to get yelled at by you. That's what his quote was. Thank you. So because of that, I think he kind of owed us at least a $75 buffet. I mean, come on. I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Race eight. This is a first time starter race. So vertically speaking, I probably wouldn't touch this race because there's too many what I'll call unknowns. I don't know if one of these first-timers can run. So it's a race I'm going to avoid vertically. So we don't have to talk too much about the betting. 
Uh, but as far as the pick five, if you like the sequence, you want to bet it, you can't just you know skip a race here. So out of the orders you ran, obviously I'll let GQ talk about the one because he did a little research on him. But uh, I, I thought the seven and the eight ran pretty well. This there's race eight at Gulfstream on Saturday. The seven silver and black uh, challenged early a one to uh, one to one even money shot who won the race Legacy Owl. But this was like the only horse who kind of well not the only but challenge because it was in third that horse made a run at you know a, a horse who did well and i like that when you have a horse who showed life by showing speed yeah quit badly but second out should improve for safi so i think the seven is going to run pretty well and i thought the eight um was much better than it looked or uh he looked first time out stumbled and probably lost like close to two lengths at the start lost some momentum and then uh was kind of this is kind of an oxymoron slowly rushed up can you say that you can you slowly rush but <laughs> Slowly rushed up, uh, led about two furlongs into the race, and was alone for a very brief time, then got challenged on the turn. Speed did hold on, but with that bad start, kind of got rushed up. I, and first time, so I thought that start was better than it looked. It was at the same level at Monmouth. I don't know if it was a tougher race or not, you know, than the maiden special race at Gulshin. They're probably on a par that time of year. So uh, I thought the 7-8 ran very well, but I didn't have a reason to bet against the 1. So, GQ, you want to talk about the 1 and anyone else you might want to mention, then we'll talk about betting. Yeah, real quickly, I, I was kind of surprised that the one wasn't less than two to one morning line simply because same same reason why it went off four to five as the first time or a colonial back in on a Monday in July. You know, Irad goes down, you know, he wins everything. But, you know, the, the horse ran well, uh, you know, di didn't have enough for the end. And then people will see and, and Eric warns people. And and when you look and you see the italics, it's like, oh well, the horse uh, came back and won its next race. And it's like, yeah, well, what did it win? And in this particular case, the horse uh, two fills, he won, and even the second place horse came in, and uh, Fletcher's horse uh, instinct instinctual was ten ten plus lengths ahead of the fourth place horse. So those three were by far best but the horse at one oh he came back and won a 50k stakes race at canterbury you know that's not top notch but hey the horse came back and and won again so that's worth something and then uh he also uh tried even uh deeper waters a breeder's cup futurity was 69 to one and was nowhere so uh two fills free free soul came back and won, but it was on the sprint and on the turf. So can you really compare that to anything? Uh, and um, so you just point out, just just can't look at the paper, see italics, and automatically think the horse was beaten by better horses. In this particular case, Irad's not coming down to, to ride the horse. Pletcher probably just sent down, because uh, this horse uh now here here's an interesting fact uh the, the horse you know shipped the colonial from monmouth so you know he was originally at saratoga training then he went to monmouth um eric are you familiar with uh, P uh palm beach downs palm, i think it's training palm center. beach i think palm right, beach training so, center, yeah so you know at monmouth obviously Fletcher's first stringers aren't going to be at Monmouth. 
And so now he's probably getting a he head start on shipping his horses down because Monmouth is now closed. So the, uh, every every horse who is at Monmouth uh, is now down at Gulfstream getting a head start on the championship meet in uh, a couple months. So, you know, even though uh, Eclipse Thoroughbreds paid 155000 for this horse, still uh, can't consider him a standout. But, uh, I mean, the early speed figures are outstanding. So if this horse runs anything like that, uh, and, and as Eric said, the first timers, you don't know who, who else has speed, but this horse, uh, if, if it runs anywhere close to the, the, the speed, early speed that it flashed when it was challenging for the lead, um, it, it ought to be lights out. But do you really want two to one? And I, I predict it will probably be less. So, uh, Eric, you you uh, did some research on the five and six who are the, probably the best of the first timers or I'm sorry, the 11 as well. Yeah, and those are the three first that'll take some money. Um, the five, my man, Ira, like the name. If you're a Jew on Long Island, 50 years old, <laughs> old you know an Ira. So um, usually they're not very fast Iras. No offense to my 80 year old Jewish crowd that's listening, but you're usually not that fast, Ira. Yeah, you're listening, Ira. I know. I'm talking about you. Uh, this horse has one sibling who was um, three for nine, one at Indiana and some lesser tracks, but I think thistle down, but it's a solid, you know, decent allowance horse at lower tracks, whatever. Um, Java's war, the sire of the five is two for seven first with first time starters. I don't know if that means anything. One of them was an off the turf in Indiana. The six, Mr. Rhodium, uh, out of McLean's music, who's very good at first time starters. So if you like stats, McLean's music, six, 15%, excuse me, with first time starters. The mom was a synthetic horse, but ran, you know, pretty well. Um, and three siblings in California have done nothing, really, just mating claimers. So uh can go either way on the six. Uh, pretty good on the uh, on the dad's side there. And then the 11 for Windstar Farm and Peachtree Stable will probably take money out of Curlin. Curlin's like to go long, but uh, it's capable of, of winning uh, short here, 12% uh, first-time starters for Curlin. The mom was actually a Baffert horse, Princess Ash. I do not remember the horse, though. But was a Baffert horse, never made like stakes raids or anything like that. It was one for seven. Actually, only one when they shipped to New York uh, and transferred to Rudy Rodriguez's barn for her last start. Uh, his last start, which she won. Oh, no, this is mom. Her last start, which she won. But the 11 Prairie Hawk is a half to quip. You might remember quip, the 2018 Tampa Bay Derby winner over Flame Away, although a day where there was a big speed bias, I remember, probably helped her. And she won the, or uh, yeah, quip was a he, won the Oakland Handicap. So that is a have to quit the 11 Prairie Hawk. Again, I don't really care that much about it, but people do out there, so I figured I'd share with you. So, betting this race. First of all, I wouldn't touch it vertically because I said there's too many unknowns. The first-time starters seem intriguing, but the horses who run have all run well. The run one ran well, the seven ran well, and the eight ran well out of the ones that run. Those are the ones that I'm interested in. A couple others might have run, but they don't interest me. So, what would I do here? I'd skip it vertically. And as far as like the pick five, because I would like to bet a pick five, the way they approach, I don't know if this is accurate, especially if I don't have workout reports on the first summers. If they're horses who I like running, meaning they run better than it looks and I can get value on them, I use the horses who ran before, a horse who ran before. If I don't really like the ones who have run before, I think they're overbet, then I look for a first time starter. The only exception would be if I'm doing something crazy in another leg. Like if I'm only using 10 to 1 shots or higher, or I'm singling a 15 to 1 shot in another leg, then I might add more 
just to kind of get through this race. So that's a possibility too. But I think what you said is right. I think the one's going to be very, very short here, like even money short, uh, instinctual. So I guess you decide if you want to ride with instinctual, who GQ made a mostly points against, but I think he agrees that, you know, he said the horse is really speedy and might just be alone on the lead and might be the best horse anyway. So that's a deadly combination. Again, I don't have too much of an opinion. I think the one's fine, but I do like the seven, eight and first time. So mostly we're going to skip this race. We talked about handicap in case people want to bet it or look it up, but uh, we're going to move on. If you're good to race nine. Yes. Date bread, optional claimer for 20 non-winners of one other than I won't explain the condition. If you're curious, you can uh, ask me or you can read the conditions there, but this race, I thought I had a horse that was not going to be a big price, but I thought he'd be higher than the morning line, but maybe because it seemed like it was kind of wide open on paper first glance. Um, but I like the one September 10. I, I, I don't know. Uh, three to one is really short. I, I think I'll get more than that, but may, maybe I won't. I don't know. Ran at this level uh, last time was four to one, came in fourth, got claimed. Um, you mentioned this trainer before. I believe it's Rowan Crichton. I believe you pronounced it. I could be wrong. Who uh, somehow gets horses to run really well off the claim. 36% off the claim. 317 ROI. Even though you mentioned 22% trainer, I have now maybe uh, he won today. I'm not, I wasn't paying attention, but 0 for 14 at the meet with four, sec, uh, four seconds. Though, so probably more of an anomaly than his horse is running badly. But I'll admit I haven't watched Gulfstream, so I don't know. But I, I just think this horse is very logical. Um, there, there wasn't much pace in that race. So a lot of them are coming, or a few of them are coming out of the September 18th race, that September 10, the one horse ran in. And I didn't think there was really much pace at all. Um, it was also sloppy and it was probably a little shorter than this horse wanted. So getting the extra furlong to seven, I think this horse is going to run uh, well. And if I'm not mistaken, I thought there was a little speed in the race between the two Royal Attitude. The six is a need the lead type Inter Miami and the eight Avant Glory also has speed, although maybe can sit. But the one time last race tried to sit, didn't run too well. So probably wants to go. So I think there's a um, decent amount of speed in this race. I like the one and. I don't know if the morning line is accurate. It very well could be. I do not like Avant Glory. I'm not saying the horse can't win, but I don't like the eight Avant Glory, the morning line favorite. Two back, got a big number in July at this level, but had an easy lead and got caught. I'm not going to worry about the speed figure that much. People bet speed figures, so they see 85. Ooh, and that's why the horse was four to five last time. I would have absolutely bet against this horse last time. I don't know if I would have won the race, but I absolutely would not have had this horse. And I would have had Inter-Miami, actually, because looking at Inter-Miami, the six, two back. I love that race. I didn't like her last race, uh, his last race. But anyway, um, so I'm going to bet against Avant Glory, assuming, again, the morning line is accurate. So this is a race I'm really interested in betting. And even though I like the one the most at a fairly short price, which I think I'll get a little more than, um, that's the horse I'm going to key around. And I'll talk more about how I'll bet it in a moment. GQ, anything on this race? I like the one. I don't like the eight. Yeah. Um it's interesting the the horse again uh optional claimer and the only well there's two of them that are in for the tag the one horse and the uh six horse enter miami and the reason why one of them is actually in for the tag is because they've already passed this condition and that's the one horse uh so a lot of times um I'm I'm looking at that saying, okay, if they really like the horse, it's optional. Why are they putting it in for the tag? Maybe the barn, you know, they're just a claiming barn. So you can't hold that against the horse. But in the case of the one horse, September 10th, he has to be in 
for the tag. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just because oh. it's about the one. I'm sorry. I don't want to take your time. But That's if you look, I didn't even say it. Rowan Crichton reclaimed this horse, lost him in August yeah. for 12.5, claimed him back last time for 20. So they were willing right. to pay extra money to get this horse back. So they must like the horse. So I'm assuming this horse is going to run well. I'm I'm high on the one. I mean, I hate singling or really keying on clothes. There's a horse I might single in the pick five. Continue. Sorry. No, that's a, that's all right. Um, yeah, I, I I had written that down that that was a reclaim. Um, there's a horse that kind of you know the speed figures aren't that great. Um, he's he's beaten one one of the horses. He's twenty to one morning line, and that's a seven horse cross haste. I mean, the horses were on decent both times on a fast track, going six furlongs and six and a half, breaking his maiden. Yeah, it was my, uh, you know, optional maiden claiming 40. It's far from maiden special weight, but so are all these other horses if they're running state bred optional claimer. So, you know, I'll give the horse an excuse thinking, okay, maybe he doesn't like a, a sloppy track. And that's why he didn't run all, all that great. But he ran to his odds looking at that the fact that he went off at 19 to 1. So on a fast, dry track, I'd be willing uh, at a price to use the seven horse cross haste. Other than that, uh, um, that's all I really have for this one there. Uh, and, and yeah, I like the seven too. Got bumped at the start, uh, checked at the start. You know, it wasn't awful, but. That happened, and there wasn't much pace, so definitely like the seven. So here's how I play this race personally. So I like the one. I have a few other horses with the one. The three I like a little bit, coming from Open Company, even though last race had a really good trip. But I think the three is going to be tough. And when I saw six to one, I'm like, ooh, I thought that horse would be like the second choice or favorite. Um, so we're assuming it's six to one. Morning line is accurate. So the three I like, and then the other three horses I thought I'd have a chance of the four, five, and seven, like you mentioned. So how would I bet this? I'm keying the one. I don't like the eight. So when you don't like a favorite, you definitely want to bet the race. Or not definitely, but almost definitely want to bet it, especially if you have any opinion. So I would bet the one on top of my four other horses because they are, for the most part, prices. So I go one over the three, four, five, seven in exactas and in triples and in supers. I key the one on top. Again, you can do 10 cents super, 50 cent triple, $1 out. You don't have to spend a ton. Then what I would do is... Because it's price, I'd probably move the one to the second spot also, although not definitely because he's only three to one. But I think I wouldn't want a 20 to one shot to win. And then my three to one comes second. I don't have it. So I probably move the, the one to second in the exactness and tries and maybe even third in the tries. But I'd key where the one has to come in. I'd have a lot more with the one in first than the one in second. And I'd have more on the one for second than the one coming in third. I might even pair, pair up the one and three because three is kind of my second choice at six to one. So I might do extra bets because, again, I'm betting a little more maybe. One with three with four, five, seven. One with four, five, seven with three in triples and even do supers like that. Um, and that's how I approach race. I might even bet supers where I go one with three with four, five, seven with almost all except for the eight. Just hope the eight at the short price is out of the money. I might even do something like that and, again, slide spots a little bit there with each horse. Um, but that's how I would approach this race. I don't know if I, I'm not really a win better. So at three to one, I think it's not a, ter I mean, I would want a little more than three to one maybe, but let's say the one was three to one. I mean, I think he's the most likely winner definitely in my head, but I don't know. Cause how much am I going to bet? Even if I bet 50 bucks, I'm going to win 150 bucks. I know people are like, Oh, that's a lot. But if you're betting a hundred dollars on the race, you want to win more than 150. So 
to me, I'm not a win better unless it's like big odds because I'm trying to bet relatively small to win a lot. So I'd rather load up on exactas and things like that. And if it came out that like some of these, like if the seven is 20 to one, I'm not going to be like, oh, I just bet him evenly with the former. I'm going to bet the seven a lot more with the one. And I might actually bet the seven to win at that point, even though I'm keying the one. If I get 20 to one to seven, I like the one more, but the one's three to one, the seven's 21. I might even, you know, just say, screw it. I'm just going to bet the seven. Or I might even, this is where you have to be very fluid and flexible. I might even key the seven and change my mind on this. I just don't think he's going to be set, uh, 21. But at 21, maybe put the seven in there. Um, where I got to get seven over those other horses I mentioned. I can link the one and seven. So I have to have like one, three, seven, one, four, seven, one, five, seven, things like that, where I can box them and all. So those are just some ways I'd approach it um, uh, from a vertical standpoint, which we're focusing on tonight. Did you want to add anything else before we move on? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we're going to get 20 to one on the seven because he's running back in the same maybe race yeah. and he went off at 19 to one. So, and you know, what did he show there on paper that would tell you that he should be less than 21? Because the, the horse that you hate ran in the same race, he went off at four to five. So I know that there's a specific phrase in that people use in horse racing that makes your skin crawl. So I'm set, setting you up to make a comment on this. So a lot of people in your shoes who hate the favorite will say, I don't like the favorite, but I'm going to use him defensively. <laughs> Your opinion on using horses, favorites that you hate defensively. Yeah. Turn the page and listen to someone else for your betting advice. That's my advice. Oh, yeah, listen. But, what, but why not? Oh. But, but there's someone who mentions that a lot, who is one of your, mentors <laughs> <laughs> handicapping not betting mentor handicapping mentor. okay a little okay. different there are people i respect they're handicapping a lot i do not respect their betting and there's people i respect their betting and i don't know they're handicapping maybe they're good maybe they're bad but i like how they bet um uh, people watch replays that's why you know if you're betting a lot of money the people betting two dollars might not be watching replays and people betting five hundred dollars unless they have a gambling problem they're, they're watching replays and they're going to see the horse had a little trouble. It was sloppy. There's excuses. Horses getting better, lightly raced. I don't think the horse is going to be a favorite or anything, but uh, listen, if he's 20 to one, I'll be very happy. So, but, oh, and you are on the defensiveness. But, I'm sorry. So, I changed so the subject. My just, just 30 seconds yep. or less. Why you cannot be an endorser of using a favorite defensively. That First of all, you don't like. if you're betting horses at short prices, you don't like, how are you making money? Just think about it logically. I don't like this horse two to one, but I'm going to use the horse and waste money on a horse. I don't like it two to one. Are they going to come in sometimes and you miss it because you left out? Of course. Now, if you don't hate the horse, you just think it's not good value and you like a 15 to one shot in the race, but you know the two to one, the favorite can win and you're not like hating the horse, but you don't, you know, you wouldn't normally bet two to one, but because you have such good odds on the other horse you like, I can understand in that case, if you want to call that defensive, I don't know. I can understand doing that, but you know, otherwise, no, don't do it. Spending money on horses you don't like, unless you're a crappy handicapper, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Therefore, you know, you don't have a good, strong opinion or a good opinion. But even then, go for the prize if you're not sure. Like we talked about earlier in another race. You good to move on? Yeah, especially if you're throwing a favorite in that you don't like in your horizontal with on the same ticket with. The horses you do like so you're automatically saying 
then I do like this horse because you're throwing him in your ticket, just raising the price of your ticket on a horse that you don't like, but you're only using him because you're afraid of him. You shouldn't be afraid of a favorite you don't like because favorites only win less than 30% of the time anyway. So if you don't like them, then that means probably the probability is even less that the horse will win. Just this year, if I use favorites I don't like, I mean, it's hard to quantify because I, how many are there? I don't know. But I, I would have lost thousands and thousands of dollars on losing bets, like in pick fives, let's say. And then for the couple times the horse wins or whatever that I don't like the favorite, that he went, even the favorite wins instead of 30%, let's say I have a good opinion, only wins 15% of the time. That's really bad for you know favorite. Those 15% of the times the horse wins, A, it doesn't mean I'm going to hit the bet anyway. Many of those times, I'm still going to lose a pick five, and I just up my price of the ticket by adding the horse. Yeah, so I would have survived an extra leg. Who cares? I lose the bet. So out of those 15%, the horse does come in where I'm already killing my value. Now, a lot of the times, the horse might come in. I still lose the bet because the other horse I use with them, whether it's a pick five, an exacta, that horse doesn't come in. So yeah, the favorite came in, but not the horse I like with them. So yeah, it's just horrible, horrible value. So I mean, if you need to cash tickets that bad, you probably should just, I, I don't know, bet $2 to show on a horse and, you know, call it a day so you, you know, you have fun. You're probably not going to listen to the show, though, if you're doing that. All right, let's go on to race 10. $25,000 first level allowance, optional claiming. I think they're all in for the first level allowance. Oh, one claiming the nine. So if you like the nine, frankly, my dear, uh, he doesn't give a damn. She doesn't give a damn. I, uh, that's the only horse you can buy out of this race. So GQ, if you want that horse, and that horse actually ran better than it looks last time than I, but I'm still not using the horse. So in this race, I'm not a pace guy necessarily, but there does look like a lot of speed in this race. The one America, of course, the three, uh, Poema, Poema. I don't know how to say that. The four demo wonder, uh, who else? Maybe that's it, but that's a lot of speed. Oh, the, the nine, frankly, my dear, maybe not as much speed, but definitely has speed. And the, yeah, that's about it. There's others with some speed, but there's like four or five, almost like need the lead type. So in this race, I basically downgraded everyone's last race, except for a couple horses. Uh, the five and Lucid Molly, I'm not betting, but I upgraded the race a little bit. There wasn't any pace to close. And frankly, my dear, I upgraded uh, the nine's last race for whatever reason. However, I'm still, even at big prices, I don't really have an interest in those horses. Maybe, as you see, I would, if I'm betting triples, I would use those horses, but... There's only two horses that interest me at all in this race. The first one is funny because I didn't know what the morning line of the two horse, three witches was going to be. I was torn. And in my head, I'm like, eh, I would go six to one. And that's what he put, uh, Pete Yellow. So that's what I would have put. Because if you, if you take away the connections and just look at the horse and take away the pace scenario here of all the speed, you're like, this horse doesn't have much of a chance here. Low speed figure, been off for a long time. But when you add a lot of pace in, this horse can close. You add the connections. Now you're getting, you know, E5 is like what? They use Chad Brown all the time and spend a fortune. Yeah. Uh, even this horse costs 350000 This horse ran pretty well last time, got shuffled some, and lost some momentum at the beginning of the turn. Otherwise, had a good trip, though. But that was burst out. And I just think this horse probably improved a lot since then. I'm not big at looking at workouts because who the hell knows if they're baloney or not, especially at these training tracks where often it's the, uh, I don't know if that's true at Palmetto's, but often at these tracks, the trainer or whoever just reports their time so they can say anything and we wouldn't know. But uh, the, tra the the workouts look very good if you care about that. I'm just worried the two is going to be over bet based on what you get. But I think this horse has a very good shot in this race. And the other one who might be the favorite or second choice, I think favorite, the seven C-Art 
from Victor Barboza, uh, one of the races that Lionel race, I don't even know, has been uh, running against state bread, but like I mentioned before, ran down the the three horse Poima, who's actually the favorite in this race somehow uh, on paper, but the seven Sea Art ran down Poima, and Poima had an easy, easy lead, yet the seven Sea Art went right by her. Now, Poima came back to win by six, although I had a very easy lead in that race. So that race dressed Poima up a lot the last race. So I, I think you're a sucker betting Poima. I just don't think Poima is going to be the favorite. I think there's no chance. That, well, I shouldn't say no chance, but I don't think Poima will be the favorite. I hope I hope she is. Uh, but CR, now, the thing about CR is, where did the last race come from? Did the horse improve? Or is that like a legitimate race and the horse is good? So those are the only two I have interest in. And let's say the morning line is accurate. Again, assuming it is. I would load up on an exact a two six box here, uh, and I would box it because they're picking. It's not like I'm getting two favorites. Assuming the morning line's correct, and because I actually like the two a little better, maybe, but I like them similarly. And the two on paper morning line is a bigger, much bigger price, twice price. I would bet the two to win. It's six to one. I would bet the two to win. So again, your budget might be different than mine. I might do a twenty dollar exact box two six, and like twenty dollars to win on the two, or fifty dollars, you know, depending on how much I loved it. Because I don't like the three, if the three is the favorite, I would probably do more than that because I'd want to play against the favorite. If if the three was not the favorite, I would just call it a day with those two bets, the exact and the win. But if the three is the favorite, I would bet getting against the three. And this is what GQ you brought up before. I don't really have an opinion after that. I don't think the eight has a shot here at 15 to one, easy come, easy go, whatever the name is. But other than that, I think they're all pretty even in my head. So... If I was betting triples and stuff, I might do like two seven with two seven with, and then I'll go all the price horses. I would leave out the three at five two. I'd probably leave out the four at nine to two. Uh, I'd leave out maybe that's the only two I leave out. Yeah, because they're the only two short prices, and I'd use all the other horses. So that leaves I think five or six other horses that I'd use. So I go two seven with two seven with like the five horses that are ten to one or higher that I think are decent. I do two seven with those. Long shot horses, the five of them in second, with two, seven, and third. And what I might do is I might actually just key the two because that cuts your bet in half. So I might do two with the seven with all those horses and then two with all those horses with the seven. Yeah, less chance to win because instead of having two, seven in first, I'm keying the two. But I can bet double on it. And if it comes in, it's going to pay more because I have the price on top. So that's another way I'd approach this, trying to bet against the three. And I would do triples and super. So I, I would have to wait for the odds. I just don't think Poima is going to be the favorite. But the horse has been the favorite the last three times, pretty much even money. So maybe, maybe that horse coming up with six on the win will be the favorite. Maybe I'm wrong to say it won't be the favorite. You know what? The more I look, I, I think it might be the favorite. What do you think? Uh, and the more I look, I think he's right. So yeah, because, I hope he is. I hope he is. Yeah, I mean, the la last last two races were outstanding speed figures above, you know, the others in here. At least Brisnet. I don't know about Byers. Um, no, they were uh, still, better than the others. Okay. But still, I mean, how can you not like Sea Art based on the fact that two, two back, um, po Poema, you know, couldn't hold off Sea Art exactly. and you feel there's all the, the the pace is favoring a horse coming from off the pace. I'm just going to take a different angle and say um, the weather for the Gulfstream area over the, you know, uh, both today, I, I didn't look at the races, if it affected the track any, but over the past week, 
um, the on and off rain has has made uh, the track kind of wet. So if this sequence comes up with the um, you know sloppy track. There are three horses I'd recommend to use in your horizontal horizontals. The, the horses, and they're all double digits. The five horse, um, elusive, uh, elusive Molly. I mean, she's two out of three with a, a, a th third place on an off track. She hasn't run on off track since uh, last uh, over a year ago. So, uh, and she continues just run at the, you know, they, they must love the horse. She earns her keep. Uh, so they just keep running her back at this condition. And she just proves that, uh, you know, people should play her underneath. But uh, if it comes up wet, uh, she might uh, be able to sneak in at a price. Another one is uh, the six, one for one. Uh, on a on a muddy track, broke it, uh, it's made in Indiana last May. But if you look at the workouts, every uh, uh, she shows two wet track or sloppy track workouts, and both times she runs a bullet. All of her other workouts typically aren't bullets. She does have one other bullet pass. But just looking at that, she obviously loves uh, an off track. And then the other one is kind of a two two twofold um also the 10 horse jumera um three-year-old last time out first time when she faced elders it didn't go well at this level she comes right back may have had an excuse or they just figure they like the horse so they're going to give her another shot blinkers off if you look at her history um with blinkers off, uh, she she does pretty well. Now the problem here, though, is um, they also take Lasix off, which is interesting. Uh, she's not running with Lasix, but if you look at her work tab, um, she's got a bullet on a sloppy uh, track as well. And gosh, I mean, um, the fifty nine and three. I mean, the, the track must have been hard as a rock that day when she worked out on October 4th. But um, so just, uh, you know, if if you find the sequence and it's sloppy, there's three double-digit horses, two 21s and a 10 to 1 that you may want to look closer at and put on your ticket if it comes up sloppy. Yeah, and I especially like your five elusive Molly there, the best out of that bunch. Going a little further now, had no pace last time, shouldn't get a pace this time. You know, I don't know if, if uh, she's good enough, but I said if I if the three is a favorite, I'm definitely going to, you know, add some horses and triples and stuff like that, and definitely using the five. But all the horses you, you mentioned, I'd probably throw in, assuming the morning line's right. All right, so let's wrap this puppy up with the 11th race. And this is a race, I don't think, even though I like a horse, I don't think I'd bet it. I like the one in the 11th, what not. The question is, you know, what short price you want. Uh, two to one favorite on the morning line. This is a horse who ran pretty well. This is, a, uh, by the way, twelve thousand five hundred dollar maiden claimer on the synthetic, going to mile and sixteen, a mile and eighth actually. Sorry. So GQ, if you want to pony up uh, sixty one fifty or whatever, sixty one seven whatever it is, I'll pony up the other sixty one hundred or sixty three hundred. We can buy one of these. But 
I wouldn't buy the one because I think she's going to win and <laughs> lose her condition here. If I thought the one wasn't going to win, I might say, hey, let's uh, dip in. So the one horse ran a mile and a 16th on the synthetic two back June 19th. I thought ran pretty well, had a, a pretty wide trip and made a run, got to the uh, lead and then got nipped at the wire uh, by a closer and a race. I don't think I know the time looks slow, but that's synthetic. It's weird. You can get you know really slow times. Gulfstream clocking is awful anyway. So I, I care more how they ran. Was there a pace duel? Did it collapse? Uh, I thought this horse ran uh, pretty well. I mean, listen, not a monster or anything, but ran pretty well. And then the August 28th race last time, coming off a little bit of a layoff. First of all, it was five and a half furlongs, way too short for this horse. The horse debuted at a mile and a 16th and comes late. Um, the three speeds held in that August 28th race. I think it was a merry-go-round, that five and a half furlong race. So how is this horse going to have any chance going way too short merry-go-round? I mean, you can whether you want to toss it or upgrade the last race big time. So got bumped at the start also, which had some effect on the race. So I, I just think the one is better than these here. My problem is I don't know what I would bet with the one. I don't want to bet two to one to win, even though I think it's value. Like if you're not someone who's looking to, you know, basically break the bank like I am and you want to bet two to one shot. I mean, I feel this horse two to one is a really good shot here, but who do I like? I mean, the next horse I think is the, the horse to bet would be the four. But that's probably second or third choice. Seven to two on the morning line is second choice. Cats my uh that girl. Uh this horse for Jose D'Angelo. First time for him. Hasn't raced since April. Ran at this level. Ran okay as a first time starter. I thought. I didn't like upgrade or downgrade. It was 50 to 1 or whatever in the race, but ran okay. Came running late a little bit. Nothing special. Had a little wide trip. But I don't love anyone in this race. A lot of them are like 0 for 10, 0 for 20, and they've been doing it at this level. I don't care if it's 0 for 15. I'm not going to be like, I'm not betting them. But when they're 0 for 15 at this level, on this surface, that's when I'm like, eh, maybe the horse is not going to win. Unless they're so much superior, like speed figure-wise or something. But then you're not getting a price anyway, so it's not worth it. But the four second time out, huge trainer change here to Jose D'Angelo's horses run very well, no matter what. Uh, this is a horse that I think is going to do well. Bruno Chicken Dance, you may be familiar with him. He's had a lot of horses, I think in Maryland too, but all over the East Coast. So I think the one wins. I think the four is the one that can beat him. I don't really want to bet a one-four exacta. Like if I was totally sold on that, let's say that was it. I like the two-to-one and the seven-to-one. Nobody else. Maybe what I would, like no one else at all. Maybe I would be like, all right, I'm just going to pick one on top and I'll just bet a straight exacta. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't want to box a $2 exacta to win, you know, 10 bucks or something like that or 20 bucks. I mean, it's not bad, I guess, but um, I, I, that's just not my style. If you're betting the two favorites, I would just pick a, a way. You're going to win less often. You'll miss out on some, but when you win, you'll hit it for a uh, double or more. So that's what I would do there, but I, I don't even think I would do it. That's not my style of betting. I'm looking for long shots. I, I don't really see a long shot I love. There's no, there's no horse higher than eight to one morning line that I like in this race at all. So the only one I didn't cross out is the six. I don't really like, but it's a question mark because it hasn't been on the synthetic. So maybe, but I don't really like that horse. So this is a race I would probably sit out. But like I said, if I didn't sit out, I'd do what I said. And, you know, maybe because I think the ones might be that good compared to these, I bet to win. But in the pick five, it's very well. I might just single the one. I'm not going to use a one in four, go too deep with the two favorites. I'll pick one. I wish I knew what the odds would then be. Definitely, I guess, is what you have to figure out. If I think the odds are accurate, two to one and seven to two, then I would I would just single the one. I'm okay with two to one compared to seven to two. If I felt the one was going to be even money and the four was going to be like five to one, I'd switch to the four as a single. So I'd have to think about it a little more. I'll go through it before I bet this pick five. But there's a good chance I would single 
um, the one in the pick five. Because if I'm not, I'm using four or five favorites with them or two favorites. I'm not getting any prices, so I might as well narrow down the horse I, I like the most. I don't think it's too, too short here for what uh, she is. But again, vertically, I probably sit this out. So there's like three. And listen, when you're betting, if you're betting every race, either you're a genius handicapper and you have great opinions in every race or you know, you're betting races you shouldn't. So what did I say? Two or three of the races I'm betting. I think the eighth, the first time starter, I'm going to sit out. This one, unless the one's like a decent, bigger price in the morning line, I'm probably sitting out. So maybe I'm betting three out of five races in this sequence at most and maybe two. GQ, I'll let you jump in on either horse you like or thoughts on betting and, and we'll wrap it up. Sure. I mean, th- you know, this is this is this, this race going a mile and an eighth is going to be timed by a sundial. There, <laughs> uh, the the one horse, yeah. I mean, you. But here's the thing: since his first start, they bet him like he's supposed to do mm. something, and he never does. And it's like, is today is saturday the day well they thought you know the last two times he ran it was he was probably the best horse i just can't trust him so what do i what do i do you know out of this field of 10 they've they've run 101 races six times they, they only out of those 101 races six times have any of these finish as a runner-up and six <laughs> times have they run third so four of them have never been in the money so and you're saying only, 101 total starts for these horses yes with no wins obviously six seconds and six thirds that's correct i think that tells i mean again it depends who they run against but a lot of it's been <laughs> against cheap horses so that tells and, you and, all you and, need to know right and they've all been running at this bottom level so you know somebody wins by default the fact of the matter is only the three and the 10 who is 30 to one are dropping in class down to this level. Um, I'd give the three who is the third choice nine to two a shot. He just looks like a, a plotter though. You know, he's just going, he's your typical herd horse who is just happy going with it. You know, the, there's no incentive to win, even though his brisnet numbers you know, continue to ride. So there's hope for for her. She's a three three year old. So Disco Queen would be my logical pick to win. And then after that, I'm just looking at the breeding. Who really wants to run a mile and an eighth? I understand they're they're not going to run. They're going to kind of canter a, a mile and an eighth. But your one horse, what not? And believe it or not, the nine horse. 30 to one, her greatness, who was pulled up and walked off. That's a great angle. A lot of people believe in for the next time out. Um, they're bred to, to, to get this distance. So, and uh, none of them have run this distance, though. Another 30 to one, the seven horse, the Cuban missile. Uh, do I have the wrong horse? I think I have the wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. Not, not the uh, seven horse, the six horse. Uh, Liz Queen, uh, Liz Queen Fleur de Lee, uh, back at uh, Keeneland, uh, a year ago, ran a mile and three sixteenths, uh, on the tur- uh, turf. I don't know if you can say ran since she ran <laughs> since she finished 32 lengths, uh, behind all out at the half. So that t- tells you something. So 
that's what I look at when you look at a race that seems hopeless. You're trying to find something, and then the other angle. So, so, so I'm kind of liking the nine, her greatness, just because her breeding says she ought to be be able to go that distance. I mean, two back at thirty-two to one. You know, she ran okay. Um, it, okay for the for what she's going to face. You know, uh, um, on Saturday. So for 30 to one, I, I'd probably use her, but I would probably lean on the three, uh, you know, as the winner. But again, another way to look at a race where it's like, can anybody win? Often handicappers, you, you look for what's different, you know, is the horse either putting, you know, what, what's changed? Have they gelded the horse? Well, this is for Philly, so you're not going to have any geldings <laughs> in here. Um, you know, are they finally giving the horse Lasix? No. Or, you know, it, you know, is it a different jockey? You know, what has changed that possibly could make the light bulb go on and this horse finally uh, do some running? So that I'll just leave you with that. All right. So we definitely have different handicap opinions on this race. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Neither one of us seems too excited to bet this race. We talk all the time about, like, pick fives, and we'll get into next week. Maybe we'll talk more about constructing the pick five ticket. Uh, before we wrap up, just homework assignment for all the listeners out there. Your homework assignment, you are to go on the uh, Maryland Jockey Club website and keep refreshing the overnights page. Once those overnights come out, you know that the PPs are coming out. You then go wherever you get your PPs. You print them if you have to, or you look on your iPad or computer. And you study Maryland Million Saturday at Laurel next week. And this way, when we come on the air Thursday evening, you will be prepared and listen along and think we're foolish for who we like or who we don't like. But this way you follow along. So all of you, I, I really hope you partake in Maryland Million. It's a, a big day. I know people around the country don't give a crap probably, but it's a big day in Maryland. I enjoy it, uh, even though I'm not from Maryland. So hopefully you like it. That's your homework assignment. GQ, any final thoughts? Your finger's up. So I guess that means yes. Yes. And actually, if you're really uh, bored with life, <laughs> you can actually start handicapping. Oh. Because be <laughs> with the nominations, and it's kind of ridiculous. I don't think you want to print probably 120 pages of PPs. But along with the nominations, they have the past performances for oh, nice. all the horses who are nominated. So if you want to just take a look-see, and you can find those at marylandmillion.com um, slash PDF slash MD million noms PPs two two dot PDF. Thank you. Or you can Google Maryland Millions PPs or something like that, 2022. But either way works. So is that all? We're good? Yeah, we're good. Let's Let me go watch the Islanders get smacked around by the Panthers over here. And uh, boy, if 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 uh, I'm I'm getting tired, I think all I have to do is turn on this football game tonight. It's nothing to nothing, almost halftime. So uh, Who, who's um, playing? I don't even know. Me to sleep for sure. Who who's playing? Um, the Washington Commanders against the Chicago Bears. Ooh, big game! 
How about my Jets, baby? I want to wrap this up, but how about my J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? Greatest draft in the history of football, the 2022 Jets draft. And the 21 wasn't bad either. Well, when you go into your preferred New York uh, betting site to bet the Rangers at 17 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup, why don't you throw a couple shekels on your boy, uh, uh, what's his name, Dice Hall, Dice Hall? Drees Hall, Brees running Hall. back <laughs> for rookie of the year. Because you probably, after the last two weeks, can't get much on him. But uh, <laughs> oh my God, I don't want, I want to wrap it up. But Brees Hall, the running back, is amazing. Sauce Gardner is like Darrell Revis, only better if that's possible. Uh, who else? Might, Garrett Wilson, who got hurt the second week, and he, he still had a good game last game, made a big play. But this guy looks like he's going to be, uh, I don't want to say Jerry Rice, but I mean, this guy is going to be one of the best receivers ever. The only the only, uh, the defensively, I forget, I'm missing other people too. They drafted, but those are like the big three, and they had others in the draft. Max Mitchell, a guard or tackle, whatever it was, offensive lineman was doing okay for a fifth round, a fourth round pick. This was like amazing. Last year they drafted uh, what's his name, Elijah Vera Tucker, however you say, AVT, who basically has played every spot in the offensive line. He never played in his life yet. They say, all right, play like right tackle today, and he plays in and, and doesn't allow any pressures or anything. I am very psyched. I'm down as an Islander fan, but I'm as much down as them as I'm psyched for a Jet fan. I don't know if Kyle Wilson's gonna, uh, Zach Wilson's gonna be good. I hope he is. I think he'll be decent. But if he's an above-average quarterback, this team has a huge future. Once they plug that line, which they're starting to do, they got some guys back from injury. So I, I don't know. It's probably you know they're still probably two years away or something like that, or at least a year away. But Jets, baby, looking good, giving me some hope finally for the first time since Parcells was there. I think. Thank God my Ravens caught them before they decided they were going to be good. You're right. You got lucky. You got a backup <laughs> quarterback who you run faster than. That's the only reason why you won. <laughs> all right. On that note, before we go for three hours, thank you all for listening. Merrily Million next week. We're all pumped up for it. So hopefully you listen to us. And good luck in the races this weekend. Hopefully today's show helped a little bit. Ta-ta.